Are you ready, Christine? I think so. Are you ready, Ma? I am. This is the story. This story is going to take us across America. Nerd alert to follow. Mm-hmm. 2010, we are doing real, R-E-E-L, real engine. <clears throat> Cree filmmaker, Neil Diamond. No. Not that not Neil that Diamond. One, takes an entertaining and insightful look at the portrayal of North American indigenous people throughout a century of cinema. Particulars. I have Real Engine world premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 10th, 2009, and in Canada on February 19th, 2010. I have TPB. Teeny Picks Bangers. She did. Oh, that, did I not that text that? good, yeah. Teeny yeah. Picks Bangers. Yeah. This is a, it's a documentary, and it is available to watch on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend if you... Mm-hmm. It's free on Prime time. if you have a subscription. Mm-hmm. I already sent out a thing on Facebook. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. The particulars? Yes, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you said. My bad. Oh, so I was... <laughs> So concentrating on getting the TPB out. Okay, it's written and directed by Neil Diamond, who is a Cree Canadian filmmaker who also did The Last Explorer, Heavy Metal Colon, A Mining Disaster in Northern Quebec, and One More River. It's also written and directed by Catherine Bainbridge, who did Rumble, Colon, The Indians Who Rocked the World, Smoke Traders, and The Last Explorer. And it's also written and directed by Jeremiah Hayes, who also did Dear Audrey, Big Wind, and Down the Mighty River. It's edited by Jeremiah Hayes, who also did What We See, Rumble, Colin, The Indians Who Rock the World, and The Last Explorer. And the director of photography is Edith LeBay who also did The Last Explorer, Mommy, Mommy, and Restless River. Nice. Those are your particulars. Because it's a documentary, so Correct. we don't have actors. <clears throat> well, I'm going to set the table. This film features hundreds of clips from old classics, as well as recent releases, candid interviews, and celebrities like Clint Eastwood, Robert Robertson, and Jim Jermush. The film traces the evolution of the Hollywood Indian. It begins with the title card. In over 4,000 films, Hollywood has shaped the image of North American classic Westerns like They Died With Their Boots On created stereotypes. Later, blockbusters like Little Big Man, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Dances with Wolves began to dispel them, not dispel them. Not until Renaissance in the native cinema did films like Once We Were Warriors and Smoke Signals, sound familiar, portray native people as human. So, 
POC. I didn't. I have mean, a, yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel like this. That's why I was. The documentaries are hard because you can't. You know, it's hard to follow our format with the right. documentary. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of indigenous people and there's a bunch of not indigenous people portraying stereotypes sure of are. indigenous people. It reminded me so much of when we went to the museum and we were seeing the um, black films through the history of cinema. And oh, at the we went. We talked about it before, but when we went to the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences Museum, yes, yes, that, yeah, they have this whole black cinema, the history of black cinema, that was fantastic. Because it started off at the beginning, and and mm-hmm. you, um, like, we're like, oh, it's so hard to find, you know, just because of racism and caste and all this stuff. But then you come to find out, no, there were so like ar- across the entire country, there were all of these um, production companies and film companies, and the same with the. Like at the very beginning, this that was one of the, oh I forgot to put this in, but it's a good reheatable. Um, how at the very beginning of cinema, so that was the early 1900s. At that time period in the United States history, that was really when um, the indigenous population was really starting to decline because of the United States government and all of those shenanigans and whatnot, and so. The early, some of the earliest films are of um, capturing these people and the the dances and and their traditions mm-hmm. and stuff, which is also interesting because um, how in some cultures like that was taboo and like they didn't want that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the but best. it varies from different from you know yeah. people to people and stuff. And last week when we said smoke signals was the first written, directed, produced thing by indigenous people, you said, I'll bet, I'll bet there were some things in the past we just don't know about. And there were in the yeah, silent it's film. Credited, era. It's credited as being that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, yeah, that was interesting to see like the silent film era. It was a lot that was written and directed and done by indigenous mm-hmm. people. And people were into that. And it, this this documentary brings out how Westerns come and go. They, you know, flow in and out. Yeah, their popularity and stuff. Right, right. So cast, the whole thing is cast. Well, Again. Yeah. You know me, though. So let's let Aaron take it away. Let me cook. Well, because there's a story of this man. Mm-hmm. Chief Buffalo child long lance mm-hmm. and he was described as triracial and i gotta say i had to pause be- and rewind because when they said triracial my brain broke i was just like wait <laughs> and he was triracial he was white indian and black and my brain was just like what triracial i've never heard of that i've heard of biracial before but what is this Triracial. I'm sorry. I'm an American. Like <laughs> the Indian and the black, that just goes together. You're black and then you're black and white, but you're really black and you're biracial. So I had to look, I had to Google to the Googles. I was like, triracial. And sure enough, it's this thing called triracial isolate. 
And there were these communities specifically in North Carolina and Tennessee throughout the 1700s and the early 1800s before the old one drop rule came into effect, which meant if you had one drop of African ancestry, you were black. Um, that came into effect during Reconstruction. So in those before the, that time, um, there were free black people and white people there were free black people and people of white ancestry they intermarried and they not only intermarried among themselves but also with families of indian and white ancestry so there were these communities and these groups that were in fact triracial and they continued to intermarry well after the states outlawed such a thing oh clutch the pearl and so i was just like huh weird and so luckily enter virginia easily demars who is a specialist in triracial research to pretty much sum up why my little brain broke she said quote the reason why triracial ancestry has been downplayed is clear Throughout most of American history, the legal, social, educational, and economic disadvantages of being African-American were so great that it was preferable, preferable for a person to be considered almost anything else. And that's, and I was just like, what? Okay, so then, of course, cast, that brings us right back to the story that they talk about briefly in this, about Chief Buffalo Child Longlance a.k.a. Sylvester Clark Long, who was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So then I wondered, oh. like, maybe he was part of the, like, legitimately triracial, but because he was born after Reconstruction, you know, there's that old pesky one-drop rule. Well, anyway, as the film goes in and explains, it was during this time it was common for people of African heritage to falsely claim, stop me if you've heard this before, black people would falsely claim that they were Cherokee or Blackfoot. Oh. Wow. And those, I said that because no, specifically that. because I was told when I was growing up that on my paternal, my black grandfather's side of the family, that we had Native American ancestry and it was either Cherokee or Blackfoot. <laughs> And I took the the old ye old twenty three and me, and I was like, huh? There a like it's trace 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 elements of indigenous Native American blood in in my DNA. And then like Poppy took it to the male side, and he also had the mm -hmm. trait. It wasn't, but I just thought. Of all the tribes, it's the Cherokee yeah. and Blackfoot. And that goes back to, um, uh, well, it's just cast in America because Longlance felt that it was safer and he could go farther disavowing any connection, cultural or racial, to blackness. Mm -hmm. It's almost like in the cast, of course, the closer you are to whiteness than the, you know, the... <laughs> what is it? The better off you are in society, you know that that whole thing. So, not uncomfortable at all, is it, Christy? But but it's the thing. So remember, like, with, and then how there's colorism. So people who are black who were of lighter skin, you know, they could maybe pass. And there was that mm -hmm. whole thing. Mm -hmm. If you were darker, and maybe you had, you know. 
good cheekbones and a nose that cooperated with you, you could probably claim, I'm, a, I'm not black, I'm Cherokee, I'm Blackfoot. And that would be a form of passing. So that's what Longlance did. In fact, Longlance was kind of an interesting character because he lied to get into school. And so he eventually made his way to Canada where he worked as a journalist for the Calgary Herald. He claimed by that point he was Cherokee. He also claimed he was a West Point graduate. And he claimed that he got a French war medal from World War I. Hmm. George Santos. I know. I was thinking of, about that. And the old Rachel Dolezal. I did think of Rachel. Oh, God. Yes. Um, he, he, so he, um, he covered Indian issues, though, for the paper, and he criticized the government and how they were treating Indians. He joined the Elks Lodge, the militia, and coached football, all things he wouldn't be allowed to do as a black man. Wow. He was also a very successful writer who had work published in McLean's and Cosmopolitan magazine. Wow. In 1927, he wrote an autobiography where he claimed now to be full Blackfoot. I'm like, this guy is like, wow. he's, he's basically, when I was a little kid, we were Cherokee. And as I grow, we were Blackfoot. So then he became super uh, famous. Well, yeah, he became famous. I don't know about super famous, mm -hmm. but in 1927, he became famous and he became a bit of a celebrity. So much so that the Explorers Club in New York City, they admitted him into their club membership. And that they thought like that a fun they, club. Well, they thought that they had admitted their first Indian. So oh. they were like, look at our diversity. Yeah, exactly. Were, I mean, we've done it. Check, check, check. Exploring that. Mm -hmm. He was making $100 a speech, which in today's money is about $1,800 a speech. Nice. Sign me so, up. Not, not too shabby. And then he went to Hollywood to star in the 1930 film, The Silent Enemy. Yes. And on that film, there was Chief Yellow Robe. He was the cultural advisor, if you will, to the film. And so there were a bunch of other indigenous and Native American people working on the film, and they were like, um, so, so long. Tell, tell me more about, about your heritage. And uh, Long couldn't explain his heritage to their satisfaction because he was probably like, oh, I'm Blackfoot. And they're like, hey, so-and-so, it's Blackfoot. Come on over here. And he's like, oh, but um, Cherokee. Hey, so-and-so's Cherokee. Hey, get over here. So at that point, um, Chief, uh, what was he? Chief Yellow Robe went to the film's production people and oh. were like, "Hey, <laughs> um, something's not, hey, something's not adding up with my man over here." So the investigation revealed that his father was a school janitor in North Carolina, and this is what I thought, thought was kind of interesting that some neighbors said his background included African ancestry. So it made me wonder if he was part of that triracial right. kind of thing, mm -hmm, because right. in my mind, I was just like, his dad was a janitor, so just pictured a black guy. And then they were like, oh, well, there could be some. So right. then in doing that research on the triracial, I was like, oh, maybe it was it was a lot more uh, am, ambiguity. It, what is ambiguous. that word? Ambiguous. <laughs> yes. Thank you. 
Um, so, but people were kind of like, yeah, there is definitely, I mean, we're doing the one drop rule, right guys? So there's definitely more than one drop in that man's ancestry. So then this guy, we'll just label him a fuck boy, author Irvin S. Cobb, a native of Kentucky. He was living in New York and he said, quote, we're so ashamed we entertained a <gasps> insert word here. No. Yeah, I said, I said he was a fuck boy. <laughs> what is native Kentuckiness? Instead of being like, look at that, now we're really diverse. Exactly. Yeah. No. This is we have no. both a native person and a black person in no. our explorers club. This is cat. Like a bunch of grown men being something called the explorers club. <laughs> Like get uh, like overgrown Boy Scouts is what it sounds like to me. Right. You, know it, you know what it sounds like to me? Mm-hmm. Colonizers. Boys. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Potato potato. <laughs> Indeed. So at that point, my man's life went to shambles. Aww. All because people found out that oh, he had some black in him. Mm. And um, just based on how he went about his life to really go into such lengths to distance himself from that part of his, 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 his being, who he is, the culture and all that, he ended up becoming a bodyguard for socialite Anita Baldwin. Um, but then when they were... He was were, a big man. He, was, he looked like a very big, tall man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strapping, I say. Um, oh, yeah. But he, he started drinking too much, and he eventually took himself out the game at her house. Mm. He was only 41 years old. 41. Damn. Then I found Nerd Alert. Interesting tidbit about Anita Baldwin's house. Yes, please. It's the house from Fantasy Island. When he goes, Diplane, Diplane. That was problematic, but move on. <laughs> no, but that's from the show. It, there was a show it, in the 80s called Fantasy Island, and there was a man who went on there, and his whole thing was, the plane, the plane. Exactly. Um, That is actually, it's not a Fantasy Island. Spoiler alert, it's the L.A. County Arboretum and Botanical Gardens that are near Pasadena. Oh. And it is said that Long Lance's ghost haunts that place. <gasps> they said oh. that... Many cast and crew from Fantasy Island saw and even talked to him. Mm. Oh, that means he's not at peace, though. What makes you think that a man who lied yeah, about... Yeah, really thought he was at peace in any way? Yeah. Mean. So then you have his story, which is sad and tragic, and all because uh, he had to... The sinnest of all sins to have any black blood um, drives himself to take himself out the game. Then, meanwhile, you have well the Iron Eyes Cody, who oh, is the Lord. famous. Tear. Was, I oh mean, his God. name was Cody <laughs> because it was the Anglicized Alpha oh. Conti, which was the Italian Sicilian name. Exactly, yeah. but that shows how. But, that you know, into cast that, that it is. And in 1891, 11 Italian men were lynched in New Orleans. And yeah, that, after, I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, people. I didn't. mean, obviously, I knew Italian. I knew the racism against like Italian people when they first came here, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that about 
off yeah. New Orleans? Yeah. Italians worked in the sugarcane fields after slavery was abolished. So in 1996, though, Cody's story came out. Yeah. That that's when they were like, hey, this guy's actually Sicilian. And but by that time he was in his 90s and he and my man just denied it. By that he time, did. Iron Eyes <laughs> Cody was literally walking around in like a walking stereotype in the Bucks whole yeah. yeah, the whole getup and just denied and denied it. And it's just interesting how the the two were like this guy who is a Sicilian mm. blood, he gets to live out his life and people he gets to split a community commercial. Yes, well, which in 2023, the native a Native American advocacy group was given the rights to that crying Indian PSA, mm-hmm. and they have retired it. So, Good. like the group that had it, it was like the it was and it about was like very littering. meaningful back in the day. It was, I mean, that one got me every time. I listened to. Um, there's this podcast called the Bestel Cast. Have you all heard of that? Mm-mm. You should probably follow it and listen to it. There, it's a podcast about the portrayal of women in movies, hosted by Caitlin Durant. Or oh, Durant. the Bechtel, the Bechtel, the Bechtel cast. That's all. Best, yeah. Not Bechtel, the Bechtel cast. Because that's a, it's like a scale or it's like a test that movies go through with female. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They talked a little bit about that in the beginning. It's like the Bechtel test about how women are rarely seen in film talking to each other about anything other than men or like a relationship mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and they did real engine this week also actually. What? Yeah. Um, they're based in LA. They're doing a lot, a live taping soon, but they had um, this, I think she's, I think, I think they are Cree. Um, their name is S.A. Lawrence Welch. And they had them on this week um, to talk about the documentary. And they were talking about how 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 good of a documentary it was. Um, but then I really liked, I, I enjoyed that podcast. So I tried to look up another interview with them. But so I'll talk about that later. But um, they were talking about that part with Iron Eyes Cody. And they were like, the New York Times, which everybody's like, fuck the New York Times, but in the obituary for Iron Eyes Cody, it just says, Iron Eyes Cody, 94, an actor and tearful anti-literary icon. (laughs) (laughs) No mention of any of that. And it was interesting listening to um, Essay talk about Iron Eyes Cody because they were like, you know, that's not my... um, I guess not my tribe or not my. Yeah. Uh, so everybody has different rules and everything when it comes to like adopting other people into oh their tribe and their culture and everything like that. But they're like, I mean, I definitely like would not support that, you know, because it seems like, I don't know, when they were talking in the documentary about like, Okay, cool. He married a native woman and mm-hmm. adopted her kids and whatever. But then it got to the point where like they you went into his house and I think they mm-hmm. said there were seven TVs playing all movies that he was in. Yeah. Like that's creepy. Like yeah. I don't know. That's just like a 
obsession or right. Well, the, roman- the, ro- the whole romanticizing of the culture and everything. I don't know. That's where I was like, okay, this is kind of strange, but I don't know. I'm, you know, it's, I, it's really, in- it seems I- like we had an appreciation of it. It's definitely like a weird, um, I, I think I wrote, I wrote the most mindfuck moment. It was a new category I came up with. Yeah. <laughs> Ironized Cody. Cause it's like, he wasn't, he really truly seemed to like appreciate <laughs> Like you appreciate the culture, but then it's like, at what point? But it, you know, yeah. and then it's like, uh, what's the girl that you named? Rachel Dolezal. That's why. Yeah, that dumb dumb. So it's I don't know. It's like the same thing. Because you're, I understand when he was growing up, he wasn't in a great position because he was Italian, so he was getting the Italian racism. Oh, a, oh yeah, he was Italian. Okay. Yeah, he was like, like Sicilian, so he was. Yeah. You know, uh, he was Mike show Italian. <laughs> he was Mike Tirico up in this piece, if you will, <laughs> the famous uh, MB or NFL announcer guy that's on NBC that is Italian. Um, he, so it was like that, but with Rachel Dolezal, I, I think as times changed and stuff, I think I feel that she Dolezal and Iron Eyes Cody go together and yeah, long lance is long lance was trying to i don't like what long lance did but i definitely understand why right. he was doing what he did because he def, he would not have been able to lead what he did like exactly you know be a, a journalist and be able to talk about people's lives and stuff he was actually um using it to get a step up on to the societal ladder. He was using it to get a, a, a step up on the cast. Whereas Rachel Dolezal, I understand that she under, thinks that she's coming from this place of the, wanting to like really liking it and understanding what it's a, like trying to understand what's about and loving the people and stuff. But at the end of the day, like you're, that's not you and you right. are you're misrepresenting. Yes, it's yeah. just yeah, it, it, it's so a cringy. Appreciating the culture and appropriating it. Appropriating, that's the word. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I, I just yeah. love that headline of uh, instead of trying to be an actor and a tearful anti-littering icon. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, if anything, maybe a couple people thought twice about throwing that trash. Oh, the car window. <laughs> yeah, man. So th- that was my cast. Okay. I have some. Another podcast that I was listening to was it's called Something Rather Than Nothing. And they interviewed S.A. Lawrence Welch again. And they were talking about the well. It just goes back to the um, Washington football team yes. Uh, yes, logo and name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there, I don't know, I've seen it around now. This was from 2018, this article that I'll reference. But um, Black Man Wears Caucasians T-shirt. No, whoa, no, racist. that wasn't just Black Man. That's Bomani Jones. 
Oh, really? Yeah, that was Bomani Jones. He no, was. this wasn't Bomani Jones. This person's name is Frederick Joseph. Oh, I know Bomani Jones wore the Caucasian shirt on ESPN. From oh yeah, I think it's a widely known shirt now. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, sorry, my bad. Okay, it, explain the Caucasian shirt. It is the Washington football team. Do they have a new logo? Who oh, are the Commanders now? Yeah, it's oh, just the, w. the Commanders. Mm-hmm. I don't follow. Um, the Commanders, their previous logo. Right. And the problematic one. Yes. Mm-hmm. With what we learned is likely a Great Plains Native American. Right. Um, and it's it's just like a, a burgundy, like the colors, and it's mm-hmm. got like, but it this shirt just has like uh, a regular looking white guy portrait, <laughs> and then underneath in the font for their old name, it just says Caucasians instead of the old name. You know and, what? That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I know it's brilliant, and so. I mean, this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like, it's a black man wearing the T-shirt. Like, Yes, yes. You know, also, you know, whatever. But he was like, I knew um, he wore it in New York City to make fun of the commander's logo. And he said he stirred up some negative reactions from white people. Mm-hmm. And he argues it's revealed the racial bias deeply ingrained in America, as if it wasn't revealed before, but... Um, this man's name is Frederick Joseph. Um, he tweeted a photo of himself wearing the t-shirt along with a number of stories of his interactions. Uh, the logo at the time is controversial for both the name and its depiction of Native Americans that many feel are racist. So he said, I wanted to see how people respond to the shirt. While there's nothing derogatory about the word Caucasian, there's a certain privilege among some white people who haven't been challenged on certain aspects of racism. And he said, like, I guess an example, one old one old white woman told him wearing it was disrespectful. <laughs> and when he asked why, um, he asked why the name and logo of the football team were not disrespectful. And she said, because that's the logo. That's why. It's not that's, disrespectful. That's, just that's, 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 what it is. that's what it is. Yeah. That's how it's always been. Yeah. Uh, many people seem to make comments to themselves or roll their eyes or have some sort of reaction um, that they wouldn't have reactions they wouldn't have to someone walking around in a t-shirt of for the football team. Um, so just proof that racial bias is alive and well in America. He said also these reactions come despite the fact that neither the term Caucasians nor the logo on his shirt were offensive to white people. It's just like a, literally a profile. Yeah. Of like a normal, like a man. Right. He said, basically, I was being shamed as a black person for wearing a non-disrespectful shirt with a white person logo on it. But people wear apparel and jerseys with logos depicting things such as Native Americans and call them that word. And he said, whoo, child, the the hypocrisy and privilege. Yes. Um, And this was before the name of the football team had been changed, so... Yeah, but I do see that share every now and then, and it is I have hilarious. So, oh, the Caucasian shirt, yeah. the Caucasian. Well, I know I have. I, I went to one game and have a jersey. <laughs> I have. I have so much attire. Like it. It will be. I've 
I'm the like the the racist woman who they has all the um what are those like the dolls and like the black oh, yeah I know. Dolls. Oh, it's basically the equivalent like the of that. I mean that was the, yeah, yeah that was the team that yeah. I and nobody grew up nobody with. saw anything wrong with that. It's just in fact not the, nobody. I won't say nobody. Yes, society. We were. I know. like one of the reasons that drew me to them was. I looked How more cool like that picture. Yeah, yeah. like I, yeah. I identify it with like a, a sense of pride and a non-Caucasianness of like I. There are people in my family that resemble that, that look like that, that I, I like. And yes. the picture wasn't the problem for me. The name was the problem. Yeah, but they're like in, intertwined. But now I really didn't even. This is ignorant, but I didn't even really knew know until watching this documentary of like. That the Indian that we see on TV is like a Great Plains Indian. Like I obviously I know every there were so many different yes, yeah, yeah tribes and cultures and everybody right. had their own thing. But when they were like oh like uh, like when they talked to that costume designer designer for mm -hmm. who works in Hollywood, and he's just like like the whole fact that nobody really wore headbands. No, exactly. It was just to keep the wigs on. Yeah. 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 And and we would make them for um Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> well, children to choose. Do you they, want to be an Indian or a pilgrim? So Bomani Jones, his shirt was in the the Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, the baseball team before they were the Guardians. They were the because Cleveland they Indians. Were the Indians, mm -hmm. yes, they were. And it was and a so, caricature. Yeah. And but horrible. this was this was in the, the cursive font and it just said Caucasian and he wore it on ESPN and people, mm. it didn't even have like a, there wasn't even a white face on it. It just had Caucasians in the logo mm -hmm. that Indians was and yeah. people just like lost their minds. And if you watch NFL football and they're playing at Arrowhead stadium, they still, and they still they broadcast still it and it's a whole stadium full of people mm -hmm. doing that chant. And oh my try, god, that yeah, yeah. it's time to learn oh, well, and do better. Get, like, we'll get into that. Yeah, my Angelo. Until you, until you know better, and once you know better, you do better. Well, some people, a lot of people, do a lot of hiding behind that because they don't they they deny it because that's not their intention. It's because they didn't mean any disrespect. So because they didn't mean any disrespect, yeah. they can keep on doing it. They don't mean any disrespect doing that chant in Kansas City. That's not mm -hmm. what it's about. It's about the mm -hmm. football team. It's not no disrespect to mm -hmm. you that are living in the poorest county area mm -hmm. per capita. And mm -hmm. and we'll get into why that is. It's not an accident. But no. we don't mean any disrespect. None we can afford to be in this stadium cheering this team that is making millions and billions of dollars and doing this chant and we can still do it because we, that's not our intentions. We don't mean anything by it. Right. Don't take offense. It's your problem. And don't take, you don't take offense. And then I have, I think I have another one that fits in cast. If it doesn't, it does now. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so S.A. Lawrence Welch, I looked them up on Instagram and um, they're a native advocate, organizer, speaker, activist, artist, and writer. 
Um, but then it said their main focus on work is on the lasting damage their residential school system, Indian boarding schools, and the 60s scoop left on First Nations people. Mm. They're an advocate for community gathering, art and cultural connection as a form of healing trauma. SA's goal is to have Native representation in historically and not and presently non-Native spaces. So I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. the residential school system. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I looked that up. And what I ended up finding, so essay is from Canada originally. So what I found was about the Canadian Indian residential school system. And in one of the podcasts I listened to, yes. Well, you have heard in the recent years about all of the mass graves that they were finding up in Canada from these schools. Oh, that was, in, I I have heard that. I didn't, I guess I wasn't thinking about that being in Canada. Oh, I just yeah. heard that. I wasn't thinking about where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they said on the podcast, they were like, it's like being native in Canada, like it's overtly racist. And they were like, even like my, for my family, like my, the European side of my family, that would be like, oh, but like, you know, look at these, like, they're all alcoholics and whatever, but like, not you, you made something of yourself and, mm. you know, like that, but. Oh, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet they have so, good hair, too. <laughs> um, So this is from Wikipedia. I don't know. I just was listening to this before the before we started recording, so I didn't get to do too much digging. Um, but the Canadian Indian residential school system was a network of boarding schools for indigenous peoples. The network was funded by the Canadian government's Department of Indian Affairs and administered by Christian churches. Yep. The school system was created to isolate indigenous children from the influence of their own culture and religion in order to assimilate them into the dominant Canadian culture. To make them white. You will become white. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the system's more than 100-year existence, around 150,000 children were placed in residential schools Mm -hmm. nationally. By the 1930s, about 30% of indigenous children were attending residential schools. The number of school-related deaths remain unknown due to complete rec- due to incomplete records, but uh, estimates range anywhere from 3,200 to over 30,000, mostly mm-hmm. from disease. It's high. It has to be higher. Got to be higher based based on the mass graves that they've they're finding mm-hmm. and that they mm-hmm. continue to find. They'll find they're like oh 500, just 500 children's bodies just Mm -hmm. dug up and they're like who are they and they're like "Mm, we don't know well get this the system had its origins and laws enacted before confederation but was primarily active from the passage of the indian act in 1876 um under prime minister john mcdonald the governor the government adopted the residential industrial school system of the united states Yep. Partnership between the government and various church organizations. Um, an amendment in 1894 made attendance at day schools, industrial schools, or residential schools compulsory for First Nations children. Yeah. Due to the remote nature of many communities, school locations meant that for some families, the schools were the only way to comply. They were intentionally located at substantial distances from indigenous communities to minimize contact between families and their children. 
Um, the NEA commissioner, Hader Reed, argued for schools at greater distances to reduce family visits, which he thought counteracted efforts to assimilate indigenous children. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that? You know what that just sounds like to me. That just sounds like a haven for child abusers. Well, like that's yes. just like a, that's- that's just a wild playground. Mm-hmm. You mean I am with all these kids yep. who are part of the one of the lower part of our caste system. And I'm miles away from anybody. And plus I get to like wrap myself around the Bible and great. And then parental visits were restricted by the use of past systems that have passes um, designed to confine indigenous peoples to reserves. Um, The last federally funded residential school closed in 1997. God. Wow. Um, the school system harmed indigenous children significantly by removing them from their families, depriving them of their ancestral languages. We spoke last week about that and how a lot of this, like a lot of these storytelling and languages are just, you know, it's oral history. Depriving them of, uh, sorry, exposing many of them to physical and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Conditions in the schools led to student malnutrition, starvation, and disease. Students were also subjected to forced enfranchisement as assimilated citizens that removed their legal identity as Indians. Um, They were forced to speak English or French, Mm -hmm. often graduated being unable to fit into their communities, but remaining subject to racist attitudes in mainstream Canadian society. So if if you're dealing with all of that, then like you would, it makes sense that you would try to to alleviate that pain in some way mm-hmm. and you know yeah. and he entered a bottle and then you have like the french going like oh look at them they're exactly. a bunch of alcoholics it's like you created the alcoholism you might have written this article because then it's or this wikipedia because <laughs> it said obviously ultimately proved successful in disrupting transmission of indigenous practices and beliefs across generations the legacy of the system has been linked to an increased prevalence of post-traumatic stress, alcoholism, substance abuse, suicide, and intergenerational trauma, which persists with indigenous communities today. Yes. The um, the prequel of Yellowstone 1923 shows that uh, a touch. I mean, um, and... Uh, I used to always read my kids the uh, Eve Bunting story, Cheyenne Again, where a young boy is taken from his family and the mother doesn't want to let him go. When the father goes, he has to learn how to be white. And and he goes through all of that in the school. I mean, it's a children's book, so it, it takes off all the rough edges, but it still gets the message that he wasn't allowed to be mm-hmm. who he was, who who he was born to be. It's just unbelievable. 1997? Yeah, how crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Y'all better recognize. <laughs> and, you know, we, that's Canada, and they've been there finding a lot of things, but 
It happened in the United States as well, oh, and they're God. finding mass graves as well yes. of children because they didn't have to report it, and families would go looking. And imagine you're an indigenous family, and you're like, where's my son? I haven't seen my son in years. And they just, you know, they just, like, shoot you away. Shoot, you know? Exactly. Like, like, zero you're, respect. You're not, you're, like, you're not worth it. He ran away or something, yeah. you know? Nobody's investigating it. So when you look into the statistics of missing indigenous women who have been murdered, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it continues it, to this day. To this day. To this day. Because mm-hmm. it's just you're you're dispensable. And yet, <laughs> my man was he like black is belie- below that. Like I don't, I don't yes. want to like I def, I don't want to yes. into a comparing like the thing, but just as as we're talking in cast and stuff, like the bottom rung, and this is like a step. Above. Right. Well, and that's I think why it was kind of you know it's like that even more uh, impactful that it was a black man wearing the Caucasian T-shirt to get you know mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. If it was a white man, it would be like, hey, where did you get that? Oh, well, yeah. That, but even if it was like an indigenous person wearing that, it's like, oh, that's actually, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because people just don't like to be told like, hey, you, you got this wrong. What? <laughs> I, that is not my intention. No. Are you calling Look me racist? My heart. Are you calling me a racist? <laughs> Are you saying I'm racist? I am not a racist. I'm not racist. Uh, That comes from our own family. Okay, so we're to nerd alerts, and I have one. Ooh. Because um, I didn't catch the guy's name, which is unforgivable. Um, Canceled. (laughs) I should be, because I should have paid attention to it. But he was saying the words Indian and American were not part of their vernacular. I know. Mm-hmm. I have you covered, Ma, because I have that in my quotables. So I was, uh, I know that uh, Columbus uh, called them Indians because he was sure he was in India. So he called them Indians. Um, but then I was like, I know America was named after Americo Vespucci. Uh, because he did explore the area. He was a um, maker. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I have a flag. So I was like, so where did America, the word America come from? And um, I know it came from America, Vespucci, la, 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 la. But I wanted to know, what did the indigenous people call that land? Oh. Uh-huh. Turtle Island. <sighs> This is Turtle Island? It called it Turtle Island. Like, are, are you saying specifically where Columbus landed? Or like this whole big I'm chunk talking was, North America was Turtle Island. Was Turtle Island? Island? I'm sure to, <laughs> so to a group of indigenous... I know, because I did one time save 99 baby turtles. <laughs> well, also, we have to think that there's probably 90% more different names for this place. Exactly. Because 90% of the indigenous population just... Yeah. <laughs> dead right so and so i'm sure the people of the plains weren't calling it turtle island because yeah, there's mean. no ocean anywhere near but uh i always wondered that because 
okay, why don't we call Germany Deutschland? That's what they call it. That's when I first thought about it when we first went to Germany. Why do why do we get to change the name of it? Because we're Americans, damn it. <laughs> That's right. So we're American Vespucians. Yeah. Okay, other nerd alerts. Well, I have it. So I went with, instead of the year 2010, I went with September 2009 because that was when it premiered at the yes. Toronto Film Festival. Yes. And we hadn't done a film. We did a film in 2010. We did The Runaways, and we hadn't done anything in 2009. So... I gave myself extra work. Um, the top five films of 2009 were number five, 2012, which was, you know, I think it was like an apocalyptic weather thing, which probably is a documentary now at this point. <laughs> um, number four was Transformers, colon, Revenge of the Fallen. Number three was Ice Age, colon, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Okay. Number two was Harry Potter and the Half-Blooded Prince. Okay, uh, anything Harry Potter, I'm, I'm with. Except for the author. And number well, one. Well, yeah, she's canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, watch yourself. <laughs> he said, just you you and JK, just going off the cliff, Thelma and Louise style. Um, but the number one film of 2009 was Avatar. Oh, yeah. The Oscar. You know, I've never seen it. I've never seen Avatar. You were with we went to no, see I, I and you were not? You did not I go? <laughs> I did not. I don't know what you were doing. Huh. I did not. Because I saw it when I was home with you all. So that's interesting. Maybe you didn't. I didn't. Um, Oscars, the best picture, up in the air. <gasps> <laughs> Wait, no, that was up in the air. There were two. There was one up and one up in the air. Up? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. A serious man. Precious colon was a serious man was um the Coen brothers. Precious colon based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. It had Brad in it, so I did see it. An Education. District Nine. The Blind Side. Which is not. Which is very problematic today. <laughs> it was problematic at the time, too. But it was just a feel-good movie. And everyone wanted Sandy to get her Oscar. But at the time, I was like, this is... <laughs> but dude didn't get... Okay, so, okay. The, um, the controversy mm -hmm. is that uh, the... Because I know... I taught three girls from a family, lovely family who knew that woman, the woman who Sandy portrays. Mm -hmm. And and so that was, I, I had one of the daughters the year that that came out. Now that's all it was about. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. He, but the, the young man in it never got any money from the movie. Is that the controversy? I think the controversy is that, that he, and I don't really know that much about it, but just from what I gather, so I could be wrong is that he was signed into a conservatorship, but uh -huh. much the same like how Britney Spears was. Uh-huh. And he did not really know what all that entailed. Of course not. And he was still in that conservatorship like until 
recently or he might still be in it. Oh, okay. So he's a grown-ass man, but he's in the conservatorship. And Playing the whole grown-ass thing, ass football. Yeah. And, yeah. So the, and so the whole thing is then is like, well, okay, but then you know, audit wise, like, all right, well, like, what's, what's the money? Like, how was the money? What money, how much money were we given? How much money did you take? All of that. And it was, and it was just kind of like that he signed it as like a 17 year old and was just like, okay, this will be great for you. And then he's still under it. Like once he's out of college, once he's, he's already, I think he's already at this point retired and stuff. And I think it was kind of like his wife was like, why are you still in a conservatorship? Or maybe right. she was, I'm just making this up, but maybe she was watching like the Britney Spears doc and was like, is that what you're in? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what is going yeah. on? Um, I don't know. I'm just, I completely made that so up. So listeners that's kind of can me. do their own uh, investigation, but there's some not great stuff on his behalf. I, yeah, I don't really understand if okay. he was able to play professional football, why he would still be on a mm-hmm. conservatorship with this family. Okay. That is that is a question that I have, and that is something that um, it's not a good look. It no. doesn't make me feel great, um, right. you know. And then you add into it, I mean, hey, this is America, so this is the seeds that were planted. You reap what you sow, but it's all, like... They were big time boosters for Old Miss, and that oh, yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, are they saying like we have the best of intent? But that's not our intention. And it's yeah. Like, but that's yeah. not. But how does it look? It don't look right. right. It don't look right to me. Okay. Um, Avatar, and then the winner for Best Picture in two thousand nine was The Hurt Locker. It was a good film. It built. It be Avatar, dying. Oh, which I mean, so James Cameron was once married to oh, so much drama. Yeah, so why is her name? Oh, I'm completely blanking on that woman's name, and she's like fantastic. Yes, first female director yeah. to win an Oscar. Oh, and she also did Point Break, and she did Detroit, so many, and I'm completely, and people are like, Idma, yelling out what it is. Catherine Bigelow, I pulled it out. There oh, you go, oh, wow. you did yeah. before Woo. I was able to look it up. Well yeah. done. Okay. Yes. So this movie came out in September 2009. So in 2009, what was going on? Well, starts off with a very sad bang. 22-year-old Oscar Grant was pinned down and shot by, and killed by a BART police officer at Fruitvale Station in Oakland, California. Fruitvale Station. Yeah, that's what that movie is about. Um, The Miracle on the Hudson. Captain Sully landed the plane in the Hudson River. He did, and then that he was got... 2009? He, he yeah. got sullied. His reputation got sullied. Really? That. Yeah, a touch. Oh, I, I don't know. I was just like, that's a good pilot. <laughs> I want him as my pilot. Yeah, exactly. That is a man who was calm, cool, and under fire. Um, The Gaza War, Hamas announces they will accept Israel's defense forces ceasefire, ending the conflict. Well, what mm. year is this? <laughs> mm. Huh, 2009. Mm. Yeah. 2009, Barack Obama was sworn in as the 44th president of the United States, thus ending racism in America. Yes, thank God we got there. Ah. All is good now. We did overcome. 
Um, this is what I thought was kind of interesting. Greenland gains self-rule. I was like, excuse me? Greenland is part of the Kingdom of Denmark, along with... So the Kingdom of Denmark consists of Denmark, Greenland, and the Faroe Islands. Mm-hmm. And cities, like Greenland is... People who live in Greenland are considered citizens of Denmark. However, when they gain self, self-rule... Denmark still retained control of citizenship, monetary policy, and foreign affairs, including defense. Most of the residents of Greenland are Inuit. Right. That is a group of culturally and historically similar indigenous peoples traditionally inhabiting the Arctic and subarctic regions of North America. So, just thought that if was... You can't, if you can't put a visual on that, I'm going to give you one that's problematic probably but eskimo people yeah it's just you just imagine the top of the earth that whole right. circle and the people who live right. there i just thought i had Arctic. no idea that um that greenland was part of the kingdom of denmark which is in europe so that makes most of the people inhabiting that indigenous people but they're danish and they're also part of the uh european union <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, of of course. White people ruling them. Yeah. 2009, Michael Jackson died. Wow. And 2009, Bolivia becomes the first South American country to declare the right of indigenous people to govern themselves. Bravo, Bolivia. Bolivia. How did that and work out for him? I don't know. I didn't look. I yeah. had started already. I just did it. Didn't want to go down there. One of us on this podcast graduated college. Really an awful year to graduate college after 2008. Just everything going on. Oh, yeah. The economy wasn't in a great spot. Jobs were not in a great spot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She's so Yeah, 2009. Still never fully recovered from that, you know, professionally speaking. (laughs) Yeah, some of us were just like, guess we're just going to sit tight and Mm -hmm. have just been sitting tight. (laughs) We are to negative reheatables. Um, The fact that the descendants of Crazy Horse live in the poorest reservation of them all. Wait, I'm sorry, who is who is Crazy Horse? Because that's not even his real name. It's not. It's not. Do you have his real name? His horses are spirited. Right. His, they are they, crazy. They're spirited. Right. His his name was translates to his horses were spirited because he was an expert Oh, horsemen and all of his horses were spirited because he had that connection and they had that connection. And from there, his horses were spirited. We just call him Crazy Horse. Mm, it's true. It's so different. It's true. And and his descendants live on the poorest. All the reservations. Do you know there are two reservations here in Virginia? Really? I didn't know. Yes. Which ones? Oh, that's okay. I, I um, would guess that it's somewhere in the mountains, because 
it just going by how the government worked, it would be where's the least um, advantageous land. And then exactly. maybe that, then they discover like, oh, there's coal or there's something like that is super valuable resource that they have. And then they like figure out a way to fleece them from that. Exactly. Um, the movie Stagecoach and John Ford are negatives because they uh, portrayed the indigenous people as uh, just wanting to kill people. You know, it had nothing to do with them coming in just claiming land. And as I understand it, the indigenous people did not own land. You couldn't own land. The land was there and you took from it what you could and you gave back to it, but you yeah. couldn't own the land. Like, that's a good point. Like that's the craziest. Like when you think about it, like all these people coming in to be like, Oh, well we own this land now. Right. And right. now it's like, I mean, still today, like it's like you look at the people who it's hardest to own a home or own this or right. own that. Like, uh, Oh shit. That podcast I was listening to earlier. Um, essay was talking about the the word power and they were like there's no such thing as power like power is a concept invented to give more to white men like that's just a construct like there's really no such thing as power right kind of like owning land it's so crazy that we just like that the that this happened right yeah but it's also the the thing of just lumping in a group of people because there are so many different tribes that, yeah, one tribe could be like, we don't have an idea of land, but they were also, like, they weren't all, like, all the, the indigenous people and the tribes and the nations, they all weren't kumbaya. Like, there were right. fighting yeah. among them because you had the Comanches that are out west on horseback, and they were just feared by and having all these skirmishes with all these different lands so it is that weird thing where you're taking a whole bunch of it's basically like how we do with asia and we're just like yeah that's asia and meanwhile there's the koreans oh, yeah. and, the, right, and right. china and japan yeah. and laos and malaysia and like all these things but to us we're like oh yep they're all just asian mm -hmm. and they all have like but they all have their beefs that we don't really know that much about and then there was the same thing with the indigenous people like they all had their tribes and there were people who were peaceful nations and peaceful mm -hmm. tribes and then you had other people who were like they were all about that peaceful life but they also like would get down and would uh you know there would be skirmishes back and forth in different territories and different you know they had already had their own land yeah, and everybody had their own, like, kind of get-down because there were people that had, like, they were horses and so they were nomadic and there were people who weren't nomadic. Like, in Smoke Signals, they were like, oh, he was like, you have to act like you killed a buffalo. And he was like, we didn't kill buffalo, we're fishermen. Exactly. You know, like, they were just exactly. all these, they were just human beings and they're all, they're different little human beingness and we like to just paint them all as being Plains Indians and they had no, all of them had no concept of land and all of them, like, just these wide you know just just Rest, generalizations yeah yeah whereas actually intricately there are all these different groups of people with all their different groups of thinking and ideas and stuff right because we would study in uh, when i taught second grade we would study 
the Woodland Indians, the Plains Indians, the Pueblo Indians, and then there are so many intertwined with all of those. But anyway, um, so in the films, instead of actually trying to uh, learn a language of the indigenous people, they just ran English backwards. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so cheap. That's so... But that's so Hollywood, too, though. <laughs> like, Such an easy way. Uh-huh. They had to create, like, at the, the, that time, they were just churning films they out. Were. And they were watched downstairs for an <laughs> entire week. Uh, and John Wayne, fuck him. Hmm. When Sakin Littlefeather came up to accept Marlon Brando's award, mm-hmm. was that 73? The people was, had yeah. to hold him back from not attacking her. He wanted to physically attack that woman. Yeah, he got uh, a fuckboy yeah. nomination. Definitely. For me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, other oh, and I um, have I have crazy eyes like, Cody. Like it was iron where, eyes. Where does he go? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Oops, I'm going to stop there. Let's move on. That summer camp with all those little rapists in training. Yes. Camp, like, I yes. don't know. I was just because like, they, they were playing lacrosse, and you know lacrosse players just become boys are Whoa, whoa, be- whoa. Lacrosse was... Uh, whew, I will not let that slander. L- lacrosse slander. Uh, reclaim lacrosse. Lacrosse was an indigenous sport. It was. Jim Thorpe, Jim Brown. Well, that doesn't really. Mm, 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 the Jim Brown. Point away, all these moving on. Over there are, they're up to no good. Exactly. Because there's not one person of. of no, the ethnicity. guy who's a camp counselor. Yes. And he was like from Austria. Yes. And he was like, oh, yeah, everything I learned for, about. Um, Native American people, I learned from two movies. He said three. Sorry. Three movies. Oh. Three. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. He must, I'm sure the third one had a lot more um, equality information for him. That summer camp. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Yes. And the, the zero self awareness that mm-hmm. they had because yes. they had, he was in, like, they had to get permission to film. And That's exactly what I said to Adam the whole time. I was like, oh my God, all these little kids, like these people signed up. Their parents signed off for them to yes. be in this. Like, yes. yeah, we acknowledge they come to this camp. It's great. We love Indian people. Well, I was like, to, it's interesting that you say that because I was like, all those kids that go to the camp, I, you know, I, I didn't have my POC count going, but I didn't see anyone. All blonde. Well, like 80% blonde white kids. The rest are brown here. But it would be interesting to see how many of those kids go on to go to college because I'm guessing it's above 75% of them are going to college compared to on the Pine Ridge Reservation where there's a dropout, high school dropout rate of 70%. Mm-hmm. So it's just wild, the just the wealth and the inequality. Also, special shout out, uh, really sarcastic shout out to the kid who was wearing painted on him the words a good day to die that was said by the ogala 
Lakota Chief Low Dog. And that, like, he said that in, like, he said those words, it's a good day to die, fighting white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, okay, we're not going to go down on our knees. We're, you know, we're going to, it's a good day to die. We're fighting for our, our civil, our humanity. We're fighting yeah. for our humanity is basically it. And this kid just has that painted on him because they're doing these like war games. Just, just zero. And you know what? If you ask them about it, it would be like, that's not our intention. That's not our intention. Exactly. We are we honoring the, the, the native American Indian. You know, uh, just like we were when we made our paper bag vests. The mm-hmm. next up would be the Wild West theme park. However, this also goes into the positive category for me because it was like when Chris Iyer, I think, had the, that quote that was like, I love watching white people play Indians on in the movies because it's hilarious. So right. that all watching all those old white John Wayne stands just acting out like quoting oh my god mm-hmm. with dum-dums um bugs bunny sorry yes racist horrible <laughs> horrible i like tweety bird i don't think he ever said anything but but bugs bunny i feel like is a and I could be wrong here, so I'm not like I'm not gonna die on this hill. But he is. But he's more in my mind of he's an equal opportunity, of, like racist. Racist. Yeah, he's he's an equal opportunity racist. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. everybody yeah. gets it. So it's kind of like okay, bugs. And you yeah. know what? If you if you do it with if you do it with enough panache, you can get away with a lot. And if you do it to a lot of different people, yeah. you can get away yeah, with a lot. It sure was. An equal opportunity oppressor. Yes. And then just Cowboys and Indians game. You know, it's interesting because at the beginning of this day, he, the Neil Diamond talked about how all of his friends wanted to be Cowboys when they watched those movies. But whenever I watch those movies, I never associated with the Cowboys. I always, and I wonder how much of it. I don't think I ever played or watched those movies but but or played cowboys and indians but i went through a pretty big phase where i like really wanted to be indigenous like that it was probably uh problematic problematic back at it you made a crossbow that we. i made a crossbow i would make quivers i would make bows and arrows i would make i would find like interestingly enough we were in germany at the time but what where did we live before we went to germany no you're missing the longest year of our lives we lived in kansas and there was a lot of indigenous things in kansas and arrowheads and all of the plains indian stuff that was really as you can see in this movie and from the hollywood and stuff Mm -hmm. and really built up and so even before kansas i remember i was really into it and then even more so i i got into it and look at me they worked. I fell for the jokes. Yeah. Those are my negatives. I have, so my first negative is just, it's bad on me, but man, when that screen with all those words came up. <laughs> oh, I the, paused it to read it. The panic that set in. 
And then I panicked, so I got a late start. So then I started, like, panic reading. And when I start panic reading, this is why I don't take tests well. Like, every, I start, my brain is just like, oh, you, you got to hurry up, you got to hurry up, you got to hurry up. So then I'm not, I'm not. No uh, comprehension. Thank you. No There's no comprehension. And then it moves on halfway through. So my negative reheatable is that they did not have all of those words up for long enough for a slow reader like me to read. Or, or just... Uh, put just a, a small group at a time. Yeah, but then, but then when you when I see the first and it's at the top, you I panic because I know that so much more is coming because yeah. they're just doing it's it to break true. it off. And so a lot of it has to do with my own just like oh, words I gotta read fast. I'm on a deadline. This is testing me and my reading comprehension. And yeah, I, like just. I gave out. that to you and your brother, and <laughs> so, I apologize. So luckily, I saw this in the comfort of my own home and I could rewind it and hit pause and then yes. like come take a deep breath and be like, read at your leisure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, my next negative reheatable is as you were mentioning, Ma, the Pine Ridge reservation is the poorest. I think just period. Of all the reservations, not even of reservations, just the poorest in the nation. Like poorest area in the nation, full stop, period. That reservation, their descendants of his horses are spirited. Accident? I think not. Mm -hmm. The government controls almost all parts of the reservation's economic development. There are legal restrictions. Um, there's what's called a fractionated land ownership. So that means through federal inheritance laws, they, quote, required many Indian lands to be passed in equal shares to multiple heirs. And now that generations have come since then, that now means that there are hundreds of owners per parcel, which makes that impossible to manage. Mm -hmm. So then that leads into the next thing of how land ownership. Because of that, and the government controls the legal restrictions, land ownership. Most indigenous people don't own their own land. Usually they don't own their own homes. Stop me when you've heard this before. <laughs> if you don't own your own home, you can't mortgage your wealth for bank loans to start to, well, one, to just pass on generational wealth. You also can't use it to start up, um, use it as collateral for businesses and some mm -hmm. such thing. So it's almost as if it seems like it's a little bit of pettiness on this United States government mm -hmm. of like, oh, you can't like you can't even upgrade thought, your home. You I saw a thing the other day that was like, so for the first time in, I believe for the first time in U.S. history, it's cheaper to rent a home than it is to yes wow. that is to buy a home right now. It is wow. a hor they, I just then, read it, teeny, it was, I'm sorry. I just read an article about how it's the worst time ever to own a home and that it's not going to get better until maybe 2050 and they're just saying that as 2050 because they it's so far out that they can't even that, that they just put it at that like there isn't going to be a better time two of us on this podcast rent yes and i was just like that makes then i saw a meme i don't know if it's a meme if it's true but it's like funny how now all of us who are renting are like we can afford our rent and like this side or the other and like I don't know. It's just like, but now we can't 
or before, like when it was more expensive to rent. So it's like more expensive to mm-hmm. rent your home. Mortgages are cheaper. But all of us that are renting and paying more money than the people with mortgages mm-hmm. can't buy a home because we can't for multitudes of reasons. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just also fucked up. It is mm-hmm. also fucked And like to just be in a place where it's so there's not even a way to like you can't just be like, well, let me cancel this auto subscription this right. month and right. see it. Don't order avocado toast. Right. Oh I gosh. know. Shut the fuck up about the goddamn avocado toast. I'm even looking like thinking I have a I have a gym membership that's $240 a month. And I'm like, maybe I don't need to do that anymore. Like I'm just just because I'm not using it as much as I used to. And even then, that's not gonna get me anywhere. Yeah, saving that. Right. I do my anywhere. own laundry in my bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like hell. for the opportunity to set aside a chunk of money to basically put in gambling, which is what our mm. retirement is, because there's no such thing as pensions anymore. It's a gamble in the stock market. That's my retirement. I'm they're doing up. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just going to my grandparents' home for sale for, I think, $449,000, because four fifty dollars seems like too much. Um, they bought it for $33,000. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You used to be able to have two homes. Uh, or a one, uh, a one person in the family bringing in the income. Uh, and you had a car and you had a a home and and you had a homemaker and you could do that yeah you didn't you didn't work when we were when when i was little you didn't go to work until i didn't go to work no i'm sorry i that came that did come out wrong i that is not what i meant at all i meant you like you definitely worked your ass off but you didn't have um an outside right you know what I mean? Yeah. No income. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you could do that fine. And you can't, you can't do that now. There nope. are people I'm who. I'm sorry. I got us off topic. This is completely different problems than we still have plenty of. No, but it, it does have problems. No. And, yeah. and one of the reasons why we're in this mess is it goes back to caste because people didn't want to, to put um, legislation in place that would help everybody because mm-hmm. they didn't want to help black people. Mm-hmm. And indigenous, they didn't want to help people of color. It of all color. comes down to mm-hmm. caste because mm-hmm. they didn't want things. That's why they wanted to help the Native Americans because, oh, what are you? They're lazy and they're alcoholics. Why would we mm-hmm. help them out? No. And so all of these like social nets and all of these things that other, you look at other countries and they always love to toss out like Scandinavia and places like Japan and all these things. They're very homogenous places and say like how much they take care of each other. And that's because they're homogenous and they all look alike. For the most part. So they can take care of somebody who's not a blood relative of them. They can see themselves in somebody else. And we can't do that in the United States because we see people and the the cast is set up in color so that, oh, wait a second. That would benefit me, but it's also going to benefit them. And they're lazy. And I've been told that through Hollywood and depictions and stereotypes and all of that. And so I'm going to vote no for it, even though it's against my own best interest. And that's mm-hmm. what this movie is is demonstrating, how it hurts all of us. I also thought it was hilarious that Boris Karloff at one point was... I know, <laughs> I said not by Boris Karloff. Oh my God. Boris. 
I mean, uh, what's his face though? I, I mean, it wasn't until this year where I found out he was Polish. Charles Bronson. I thought that he Polish? was. Yeah, remember he's he's Polish. Yeah. I always thought that he was um, not white. I thought he was maybe of a Hispanic origin or in, an indigenous person. But yeah, Charles Bronson, Polish. Also, final negative uh-huh. reheatable. Oh, nice. I got I got a Polish blood as well, and and some of my best some of my best friends are Polish. Some of my best friends, <laughs> my my favorite team. I actually have a lot of Polish friends. <laughs> I I do too. So I can eat pierogies, okay? That's right. Me too. Um, this one, Pocahontas was nine. Nine. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a a sexual relationship. I just wanted. I do just need to clarify. In last week's podcast, I shouted out the song "Colors of the Wind," and I was not trying to shout out Pocahontas the movie overall. I was just (laughs) trying to shout out that. Disney is fucked up, but then they don't understand that they actually, they created these songs that turn all these people into activists because it had meaning in the song. It's a good fucking song, okay? Yes. I yes. don't support. Did they come for you? Did they come in your No, mission? but I realized I didn't really clear. I didn't go deep into that point, And I was like, people are going to I just like, listened to that today. Pocahontas biggest fan, like, you know. And that's, and I, I, we never... We're big in Disney in our family, so I mean, me either, really. But yeah, yeah. But we still went to see Pocahontas in the yeah. Theater. We saw the stage. Oh yeah, I definitely had it on because VHS. um, what's her name sang the song, uh, the first uh, Black Miss America. Oh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bringing it home. Bringing it home. You landed that plane. Thank you. In the Hudson, but I <laughs> <laughs> now you're problematic, Sully. <laughs> okay, are we to positive reheatables? I think yeah. we are. Okay. The Oh wait, wait, and- I'm sorry. The the one oh. thing I'm sorry, the negative reheatable when you know Neil Diamond and they were showing that that's really fucked up that they, they didn't have any other movies to show the kids. Cause- oh my god. Thank you. I was like, they had it. Why did they have to go just ruin all of these kids' days? And like, when they showed, was it Stagecoach? Was well, it were, Stagecoach? Because Stagecoach. No, like, to the, are you talking about when they were showing like the, the kids like in 2009, oh, Little Big Man? Had, yeah. Yeah, the kids little in the Big classroom. Man. Yeah, yeah I didn't think it was. Are, Wow! Oh. We never really got to hear what they had to say either. It no. was just—it it was we more like their faces, and some their of them were pretty bored, to be honest. But no, I was talking about the the director Neil Diamond when he was a kid. How like the whole the genesis for this whole film was that they didn't have anything to watch, and so every, their entertainment right. was going to to the church. Oh, the film yeah. was to always the Cowboys in yeah. Indian films. Yeah, like, yeah, no, there's plenty of other movies by then. He's not that old. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, because it's fun. Yeah, I have that quote. We cheered for the Cowboys, never realizing we were the Indians. But that's that, that's that, that shit that they pull in the South when they, you know, that's the same mind thing, mind fuckery 
of putting up like, oh, this is Lee Highway. Oh, that's Stonewall Jackson High School. That's Jeb Stewart High School. Here's a statue of Robert E. Lee. Like just that planting that subliminal thing in those kids' minds. And even though they play for like, you know, they were like, oh, we're the Cowboys. At some point they're going to realize and then they're going to be like, oh, and that's just a little like subtle gaslighting little Mm. dagger into your little identity thing. Right. Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, to positives. Uh, I want to see the silent enemy. Oh, yeah, I do too now. Uh, it was a silent era film when, when they were actually producing their own film and, and people were into it. I remember uh, we lived, I know you've never heard this on the podcast before, but we did live in Germany two different times for three years. And our German landlords were totally into the Wild West. Oh, it was just so, yeah. Oh, we have to go to the Wild West. We have to see the Wild West. Oh. So, um, I mean, I will say, as someone who spent most of their life on the East Coast, there is something about, like, I get it when they're like, go West. Like, they're, I did. Yeah. It is is cool to make, like, I don't need to do it again, but to make that drive across the country. And so it's so expansive. I like that I was in a car to do it, but there is something to it. But then there also is the, but this wasn't ours thing. It, but but it was ours, and then you all took it away. And we never owned it. We were just using the resources that it gave us. And you came and took I guess, ownership of it. I guess it would, be, it would just be like, they just shut the, shoot themselves on the foot because it's just the way that people were treated afterwards. Like, you know, you know what you did. Like, yeah. The government knows what it did. It's just the, the continued fuckery that continues with how you treat these people. That is just, it's disgusting. That's the And part. may I say, there's a term, a very negative term. It is Indian giver, which is like, okay, you give something, then you take it away. How dare you make it an Indian giver because uh, the, the um, indigenous people and the white people who came after would sign agreements. And then it was always the white people who went, yeah, not so, not so fast. We didn't mean that. And it's crazy also how flow free flowing that term was. Mm -hmm. That's not an accident. That's, that's what they do. You know, that's part of the playbook. I think that's page five of the playbook. Right. You call somebody out. No take take backs. Exactly. Exactly. Like the Chinese taking our pandas back. Okay, moving on. Um, (laughs) Sakin Littlefeather, when she accepted the award for um, Marlon Brando. uh, I couldn't think of the term for a polar bear earlier. We set up our Christmas decorations today, and I all I could think of to call it was a white panda. White panda. It's a polar bear. <laughs> a polar, polar bear. And they are vicious. Polar, polar bears. bears are yeah, vicious. are they? Yeah, they're like hippos. Polar bears are yeah. vicious. Do we know that? She must have made that up. She knows. It's she read it in true. Zoo Life. It, yeah, probably. Zoo I life. mean, they they were very protective of their. 
I mean, okay, vicious in uh, as being mama bears taking care of their little ones. I also all I can see is skinny little polar bears floating away on one little thing of ice. Global warming. No, I'm sad. Okay. But can we, Ma, also, though, I mean, I think a bit of a tip of the cap to old Marlon Brando for, yes. I mean, he was the one that was like, all right, if I win, hey, can you, yeah. I'm not going to accept it, won't you? Everybody's going to be watching, please. Yes. So. And then John Wayne had to be restrained from attacking this woman. And then she went through hell because oh, yeah. people said she wasn't really a uh, Native American. Yeah. She had a rented dress. I heard, on. and I had heard that. I think that narrative was in my head about that she wasn't. Wow! Like that's how I remembered it. Wow! I don't like. I, I that that is remembered a, it like I was even alive. I know some of you were. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch! That's one of us. Every freaking podcast. Um, I like the we, stand-up. We gotta get. We gotta get a. Zoom I don't know how that even started. <laughs> I don't know, but it's gonna continue until I am no longer with us, and I will continue to laugh at it. My favorite is when they were talking about dances with wolves, and they called him Lawrence of the Plains. Oh yeah, that was funny. As opposed to Lawrence of Arabia, the white dude comes in and saves everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. That is my MVP, Lawrence of the Plains. Oh, so you just skipped. you just skipped over all of our. I did. Well, yeah. I yeah. did. Well, you yeah. know, okay. I honestly had a hard time doing positives and negatives for this because the documentary. You know, I did write down the fact that the silent films being directed by Indigenous people. That's I I'd never heard that fact. Exactly. And like the first moving or the first picture. Mm-hmm. They were still not moving. I don't know. Those being, moving pictures, yeah. The silent, but they were silent. The first being yeah, but the of first, indigenous like, people, the first ever yeah. of them dancing. Ron Rondo, is that how you say his name? The, the mm-hmm. horse rider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a character. But holy shit, those horses too were actors. Yes. 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 Yeah. But I loved his, you know, when he was talking about like he's teaching the younger people to do that because. You know, he's like, all you know, they. I, I did this to stay away from something else bad, to not get exactly. involved in like drugs exactly. and alcohol and whatever. And and I loved when he was like, the reason I got into it was because I was sick of seeing white people on horses in films, like mm-hmm. especially like that's he's cool because not every tribe's nation's no, culture was the horses. Crow, the crow people, exactly. the crow tribe is what. His well, name was- I mean, what. Also, like, I mean, I guess shout out to all the brainwashing. That's like every every Native American you see on a horse. And and that was mm-hmm. brought up that we are not all most, plains Indians. We didn't and like all most wear do not know how to wear how to ride horses. Mm-hmm. But the kind of though, I think that one of the reasons that that did stick around is because I know Comanches were. Like the Comanches were legit warriors, so and they were on horseback and they were super talented and super deadly with their weapons and all of that, and so it is kind of a, a almost kind of like a tip of the cap because they were scared mm-hmm. of them because they were so good. So it 
if you're going to have a, a bad guy in the film, you want him to be a yeah. formidable foe for your hero exactly. to overcome. So exactly. it does kind of make sense then that 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 but then that's the whole thing like what we always do with this podcast is yeah these aren't historically accurate things but these are the things that people go to in time and so then over time it becomes the history well and there was a quote in in that i didn't write down fast enough and forgot to look it up but something about because the last movie the fast runner i think is what it's called that they talked about yes yes and there was a quote saying, like, it's not like we need, it's not like we're expecting to see all, in, like, Native Americans portrayed as, like, these good people and, like, you know, like, all, they always do the right thing. But it's, like, just representation and, like, not always seeing them as this. Like, there can still, there's still bad people. Like, there's bad right. people in every race. And there's people who are murderers and, like, terrible people. But, like, that's not all you see, you know, because that was the first thing, like, I saw, I was like, oh, this fast, the fast runner, it's like, there's a lot of violence in this side or the other, but it's like, oh, okay, it only is bad when you see that, because that's all you've ever seen, so then it's like, oh, okay, are you perpetualizing this, but it's like, no, this is just a movie made for and by this group of people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're human beings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wild. All of the complexity and nuance that is that. that but the people of European descent, we get to play around with all the the those things. And then mm-hmm. all everybody else, I mean, geez, look, uh, Asians in American cinema, that's a tiny sliver. You know, like you can just keep going oh, yeah. right. down and down th- through it. So you, it happens with black people it's mm-hmm. in films and stuff. I loved how it started, um, like just the whole like he's gonna driving, he's gonna go somewhere on this journey, and then it it just like kind of goes into who I thought of as crazy horse, but it's really his horses are spirited, and that kind of really it just really grounded the film in mm-hmm. hey, even this guy that you think that you know is. Like, that's not even his real translation of his name. Right. Um, I also loved the I loved how they explained what a res car is. Yes, yes. that was my next one was the res yes. car. And I was just saying offline about how um, there's this Netflix movie called Fry, Fry Bread Face and Me. And I watched that last night, and I highly recommend it. It's a great coming-of-age movie. It really has a, a cool vibe to it. It's funny. It's also, like, touching and stuff. It's it's everything that you want. It, it's Navajo-based and stuff. It was great. Um, I really liked in the documentary Charlie Hill. I had never heard of him, the comedian. He's a pioneer. Yes, oh, he yeah. was so good. He had that line about white people, and he was like, yeah, we don't think you're funny either. Killed. <laughs> I died at that point. I was, that was hilarious. I know. Well, that was the point when I looked at the um when I, I before I picked this movie or this documentary, that was the point when I liked watched the trailer and I was like, this is it. That part was in there, and I was like, oh yep, that's the one. Yep. Deanie knows yep. what's gonna that's gonna that's gonna tickle my fancy. Um <laughs> Oh, man. So this is in the good reheatable because I don't know if you all know, but 
I fucking can't stand John Wayne. So when it showed like the John Wayne toilet paper, I laughed because we all know from if you listen to the last podcast, we need a lot of toilet paper. Apparently, my man died backed up. Oh yeah. And then there was that whole thing about his his walk, and I always thought he looked knock kneed. But then when I I googled <laughs> like what's up with John Wayne's walk? Because I'm sorry, some people call it a swagger, but I'm like oh, no. that motherfucker. Come on. So this made me laugh. I don't know who said it, but it was on the Googles. Said, quote, he looks like he needs to change his diaper. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Yeah, he looks like he pooped his panties trying to get the clean underwear. Yes. Yes. And then I, there was a whole mental floss thing about his walk. I think maybe that's where I got the, the quote where somebody said that. But Lauren Bacall, queen, and Kate Hepburn, another queen, they said that John Wayne had small feet, like really small feet. So in real means. life, I know. So in real life, John Wayne was about six, six, four ish. So he was a he was a you know big man. And they said that and you can go and see it. His feet are at the, the Chinese they theater. They are at the Chinese theater. His literal feet? His little feet. He wears a size five or six Wait, men's his literal feet no he put his feet he in got cement. his feet off oh, okay. in cement <laughs> yeah they, the, the footprint they put the footprints in the handprints he has a f- size five or six in men's i have bigger feet in than men's? john Wayne. yes in, I'm, that's what i'm saying he had like super oh, tiny feet no, five or six in men's. I wear a seven in men's, and that's big on my foot. And you have small feet. Well, yeah. I have small feet for this podcast. I mean, in, in general, for my height and stuff, I I believe that I have a normal size eight, very wide foot. But so how does foot you two. size uh, 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 compare with... Never mind. Well, there was a lot of boob size. The bigger the feet, the bigger the boobs. So get at me. No, I'm not talking about boobs, darling. <laughs> I I feel like it's a. I am okay. Here you go, Ma. Follow me on this. It has to do with weight and proportion. Obviously, he wasn't compensating for said. a massive to make uh, me feel better about my feet. Did they go with the boob size? Well, because she always said my. I've abnormally large feet. I'm only five two, <laughs> and my feet are awful. I wouldn't also say I have very large boobs, but they're fine. They're and lovely. To make me feel <laughs> about myself. When I was younger, my mom told me my feet had to be big so that I wouldn't tip to over. compensate. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love that. that. Makes sense. It's very that. true. So his small feet. Didn't help compensate. Well, men have no excuse. Men have no excuse. No, no. his small feet made. That's why he would always had what some people call oh, the swagger. He, did he the, couldn't. Uh, and the you know it's a popular mis. I don't know if it's a misconception, but you know what people say about men's the size of their hands yeah. and the size of their feet. That's what. Uh, he probably and the size of their members. He might have been missing some extra weight there to like balance things off. Uh-huh. So then oh, he also had kilter. small feet. Yeah, you know, and he didn't have and he didn't have. Like, oh, so that's why he did the funky walk. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is according to Lauren Bacall and Kate Hepburn. So, hey, I feel like they know. When you know, you know. 
but also it just tickled me to think that me he too. had that John Wayne had tiny little feet. Mm-hmm. And that he had tiny little feet and he died full of poo. Oh, so yeah. he had tiny little um external members. That too. I mean it, it, I mean it stands to reason. I I I haven't heard the things that I've heard about, say, like, I've heard things about Milton Berle. I haven't mm. heard those things about John Wayne. I haven't heard any of them, but that, let's move on. Oh, that is well known in Hollywood. Mark, old, Mil- wait, old Milton. Milton Berle was well oh, endowed. Yeah. Extreme, like, doom. Oh, mm-hmm. like let a third footprint. Let me check it out. How do you spell mm-hmm. Burl? B e r l e r l e. Like could just, yeah. I couldn't, like, you know, I'm arms. sure we've named something. I couldn't name a thing he's in. He was in Oh God. <laughs> he uh, he was a '40s '50s comedian. There's an article called "History's Most Notorious Penises," and that popped up. There you go. Wait, that's wait. what I'm saying. Histories. Wait, what's the name of it? History's most notorious penises. History. Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah, they cut his off, and it's like in a jar somewhere. Milton Berle. The size of Uncle Milty's enormous schlong is probably a bigger part of showbiz legend than its owner. I never heard this. How have I gotten to 71 years and not know I don't know. I guess you don't have your ear to the streets. Well, that's why. And the story is so pervasive and has enough eyewitnesses that it seems to be true. Eyewitnesses. The story goes that there would be like a contest, and he would just take out enough to win the contest. Like he. That's so he comes in. Well, what I also like on here, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler had a micro penis. Makes sense. Of course he did. Of course he did. Don't even need to slap an election on it. Not that there's anything it. wrong with that, but fun fact, you know. No, there's not because it ain't the meat; it's the motion. But let's move on. Okay, what are we oh, talking okay. about? Where are Jesus. we? You knew somebody was. You drew the just... line. That's yeah. She did. And and now she has just crashed into the yeah. mountainside. Sully <laughs> has crashed. She did. Into you know, the we were keeping it okay. Yeah. She she landed the miracle. Uh, you know, and, and Poppy then... told me at the beginning of this podcast. No, I had I'll to bring his name into it right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rasputin. Yeah, we know. Okay, now she's will not get off of this podcast. I mean, this the website penis you shared sites. it. And yeah, the penis That's site. My fault. I egged it on. So now we are to quotes. Who has the quotes? I, I got do. quotes. Oh, I got now quotes. you're back. Teeny, go first. Put your phone down. It's like a teenager over here. I have. <laughs> From the beginning, we cheered for the Cowboys, never realizing that we were the Indians. Yes. Mm. I know I have that. That's so sad. And then I have, we're not Native Americans and we're not Indians. We're older than both. We're older than both concepts. We're the people. We're human beings. Yes. Yep. That was John Trudell. And then this is a Charlie Hill quote, the comedian. We're creative natives, and we're we're like the Energizer Bunny, the mightiest <laughs> nation in the world, trying to exterminate us, Anglicize us, Christianize us, Americanize us, 
but we just keep going and going. And I think that Energizer Bunny must be Indian. He's got that little water drum he plays. And I always say, next time you have a powwow, have the Energizer Bunny lead the grand entry. And after a few rounds, then we can get together and eat him because we never waste anything. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Um, and then I like that they talked to Adam Beach. That was cool. I love Seeing that. him mm -hmm. grown after like mm -hmm. last week. He said, we'll never be able to change the fantasy of who and what Indians are. The fantasy will always be there. We'll always be on the covers of novels saying Cheyenne Warrior. And those are my quotes. Mm -hmm. If you don't teach them, they're never going to learn. But you have from, to teach from an educator. I know. But they they're outlawing that. <laughs> Robbing nations of an identity and grouping them into one Native American were the ones who stopped real Americans for seeing their own country. Mm-hmm. Like because if you see anything from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even now, they're all Plains Indians. And they weren't all Plains Indians, like the dude in Smoke Signals that were fishermen. But but that's what the top of the cast does to everybody beneath it. Because, like in California, if you speak Spanish, you're Mexican. But there, there's Guatemalans, there's mm -hmm. Panamanians, there's a, a whole bunch of Spanish-speaking countries, but they get lumped in. Same thing like I mentioned with Asians, and they do it with black people all the time. That mm -hmm. This is what black people, and that black people are a monolith, that all black people are descendants of slaves, and that's mm -hmm. not true. They, mm -hmm. it's just, they just all blend everything into, well, you're not this, then boom, that that's you. You're right. boom, you're boom, you're boom. So then if you're outside of that, like if you're a black person who <gasps> likes rock and roll, like then you're a weirdo because black people don't like rock and roll, but that's not true because we all know black people invented rock and roll. But mm -hmm. it's the thing that they do of, of putting the people below in the cast of a monolith. So uh, all the indigenous people, y'all now all wear headbands and y'all were all in horses. <laughs> Have at it. Good Good day. I did love that the hippies were all just trying to be Indians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was funny. Okay. My quotable is, I think that this explains a lot about the world in general today and yesterday. And if we're not careful, tomorrow. A world without human beings has no center to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to break down. Like what human being? It's a human being. A human being. You're just being. Just being. And, and connection to being. A world yeah. without human beings has no center to it. Mm. It is true. And it is Not why true. we you find ourselves where we are. You sound like Eckhart. <laughs> well. If I could only do his little cute laugh. <laughs> <laughs> man, that man makes that man cracks me up. I I laugh at oh man. Yeah, hilarious, but he, he speaks the truth. So I, I was sent an Eckhart uh message today. Yesterday. Um, yes. <laughs> so now we are to LVP. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um that 
our indigenous people are living in poverty. Uh, they, because they didn't, they only took what they needed from nature and now they're living in poverty because they aren't consumer people. But they didn't, so the people who are living in poverty, they didn't assimilate to Western society. Right. And, you know, caste, white supremacy, all that. And because they didn't take part in that, their punishment is that they have to live in poverty, which mm -hmm. is kind of what it's saying. Because you didn't, it was like what I said last week about the the statue garden and stuff and the assimilation and how the indigenous and the native kids would put their hands over their mouths or cover in a fetal position. And then the white guy for assimilation was like the big bear hug. So mm -hmm. for him, assimilation meant just welcoming everybody in. But for the indigenous kids and then the assimilation for them meant having to chop off a part of your identity. So because right. you didn't chop off a part of your identity to join in with what the United States is up to and doing and capitalism and all of that kind of thing, you have to, if you want to be left behind, for lack of a better term, and do your culture and try to keep that alive, your great reward is abject poverty. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. I, had, I, I had John Wayne. Oh, Amen. So oh, my yeah. God. I have, um, we already did it, but since um, we already talked about how we like to just like group and assign and paint broad brushes, I'm going to do like the opposite. So this is unfair to this man, but hey. This is, you're going to have to hold this L, my guy. It's the Austrian guy who watched three movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You just get to hold the L for the like entire white society and Western society yeah. and all of that. You just, you're all of that. Just, you just horrible. Yeah. Hold your head. <laughs> you agreed to being filmed. So. Yeah. But also yeah. just... Didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Probably still no. doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just exactly. was like proud of it. probably is going around being like, hey, hey, look, I was in a movie. Yeah, check me out. I was in a movie. Yeah, doesn't see anything wrong with it at mm. all. You know who was also Austrian? <laughs> Are you talking Adolf? Yeah. Are we talking Adolf right here? I just like to point it out. Okay. Um, we're the MVP now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, my MVP, my MVP is the Crazy Horse Spirit. There was a one of I can't remember who it was, but they were when they were talking about Crazy Horse and who was Crazy Horse, and they were like. And they said, not who was Crazy Horse, but who is Crazy Horse. And I think it was mm. the guy who was his descendant. I'm sorry, I didn't write down his name. Um, and just the fact he's remembered for his courage, his leadership, and then this his tenacity of spirit in the face of near impossible odds. So that was um, that was my MVP. My runner-up was 
when the Navajo people were extras in the movies and they yes. were speaking in their language. And it wasn't until what, 2005, <laughs> that anyone bothered to translate that for anyone else. Uh huh. Yeah. That was, and when they translated it, they're just saying, like, you're a snake crawling you're, through your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> Loved yeah. it. That was really good. Agreed. Uh, my MVP is that there's finally some representation of the indigenous people from their own people. Yeah. They're just telling fun stories because they have great stories to tell and they have a great sense of humor because you, you gotta have, to have a great sense of humor. <laughs> that's, that's what this family has. That's, that's yes. all. We're hanging on by our fingernails with our sense of humor. Is the crazy horse um, memorial finished? Oh, no. But I think I read not too long ago, and I forgot to go back. There is some, um, I guess, uh, some controversy. I think there, it's one of those things where it's, it, 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 I don't know. I I know that they're, I mean, I definitely want to, because they were working on it, but I think that there mm-hmm. is some kind of maybe not great things about it but i hey and my i'm not ignorant in this so there could be things in my opinion may change but as i sit here today when we're recording oh we got mount rushmore so i am all for oh yeah completing this it it looks like awesome and very ambitious but i think um like everything associated sure. with I'm if sure. you wanted to do this, that there's a lot of uh, fuckery involved and about yeah. foot. So because it ha- money, 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 money. Yeah. Money. All goes down to money. And I think also maybe some of it is that it's, if I remember correctly, I think it's something has to do with like those people, like the black Hills are holy to them. Yes. So, yeah, it is a kind of thing of and he never had his likeness put down anywhere like all the pictures of him were deemed to be fake. So there is kind oh, yeah. of a thing of people being like, well, wait a second. So like, who are which, you actually carving? Yeah. Is this yeah. Guy? And what he want to be. Yeah, exactly. Is this what like who are we doing? Is this for us to make ourselves feel better because we have Mount Rushmore and, and so we need to do mm-hmm. this? Or yeah, so I think that there is some of that. So there's, you know, like everything, there's nuances and to be parsed and and at least like let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about like let's. Hey, what are the Black Hills and why are they so holy and stuff? Because obviously Mount Rushmore, if they're holy, they got that's desecration, right? Um, I know in mid seventies, my aunt and uncle lived in New Mexico. And I went with my mom and dad to visit them. And they said, now the um, indigenous people will be selling, you know, their wares in the, in the street market, but don't, they do not want their picture taken because they feel like if their picture is taken, that somehow with their, that they can't go on to the afterlife there was an, an issue with that. So, um, and that could have been crazy horses issue too. He didn't want his likeness actually. Yeah. Or maybe like he was like, I'm crazy. Ho-. Like 
I think more than one thing could be true. I'm crazy horse. Really don't need them to have pictures of me. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> like, not in my best interest. Just true. in what I'm doing and who I'm up against. <laughs> I, I could see that. But I think that, yeah, that is also a, a well-documented leaning of... Mm-hmm. And you got to respect the people. Yeah. Right. Respect their wishes. I have my real... My runner-up was the Navajo actors, just calling them... Just speaking yeah. their language, I call them snakes. Um, which also, wait, was it the Navajo that were the wind talkers? Yeah. So just shout out to the Navajos for pretty much saving our ass in World War II. Yes, they had exactly the one language that the Nazis could not decipher. So funny how the United States just loves to to just oh you guys want to prove how american you are and you have something that that can really help us out sure and then how do we repay them um yeah because i've seen that with seen that with asian americans hispanic americans black americans <laughs> indigenous americans it's awesome um my real mvp is john trudell who was in smoke signals he was the radio dj Mm-hmm. And oh, that's who he was. Yeah, he was he was a, a big time talking head. He gave some of like the, just the truth bombs throughout the movie. He was the one in the goatee and the sunglasses. Yes. Um on in real life in February February 12, 1979, 24 hours after John burned an American flag on the steps of the FBI building in DC. His wife Tina Manning, who in her own respect was a water rights activist she was pregnant and their three children and his mother-in-law died in a suspicious fire at the home of his parents-in-laws on the duck valley indian reservation in nevada and it was suspicious and you know john is like that the government did that to me and other people were like, Oh, it was an accident. So yeah. Yeah. Come on. Don't read anything into it. Yeah. Um, so he was in real life, a big time activist. Um, he was part of that takeover of Alcatraz that happened. Yes. It, that's just, man, that is just a, I mean, your wife and your kid, like that mm-hmm. is like the man that we saw in this documentary talking his wife and kids had like 20 years earlier been killed in a fire mm-hmm. that is crazy that he knows wasn't an accident yeah and you know what it could have been but there's it doesn't seem likely just just from what we know about COINTELPRO and the government and stuff yeah maybe it was an accident would I bet money that it was an accident? No, and I'm not a gambler, but I, you know, it's it's not really how the government gets down. Mm-hmm. Um, he in, he was then in a relationship with Marshaline Bertrand until her death in 2007, and she is the mother of Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm shocked look on my face which i have to say that's i think brad pitt is in for a bad reheatable like when we all like look back at this because 
I have to say, I and I know that it's just, I don't know these people, but from what I am seeing of Zahara at Spellman, I am like, I tip my cap to, to Miss Jolie. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm a bit, I'm like, okay, I. Wow, I think that's really cool that her daughter's in Spellman mm-hmm. and like pledged to sorority and she's there and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship, but I do wonder if in time we'll be like, hey, you know what we got wrong? <laughs> um, anyway, getting back to John Trudell, he passed away in 2015. And oh, so thanks. I just thought that he, he just made a lot of great points and was a great... Because mm-hmm. they say talking head in the documentary, and he was really about that life. And like he was the one that was like, Yeah, we we're human beings. We were we've been here before the concept of like the quote that Tini said, that was him. So that's my MVP. Okay, I'm pretty sure nobody did a recasting because it's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. no, I didn't. And there were no tasties. There were no, there was no, no trivia. But about... I do have one that Ooh. was probably more of a nerd alert that I okay. forgot to say, because um, when I was listening to one of those podcasts, they were um, essay was talking about like referring to lands, like they live in Portland, mm-hmm. but that's not Portland. I can't. Remember. I didn't write down what Portland, the land of Portland was, but I did do some other ones. But it was like they were referred to like. Um, what is now known as Montana. Okay. And like, just like that was never. And I walk by on my ride home from, or on my walk home from the subway every day, I walk by like just a handwritten sign that says, we're on um, Moonsee Lenape land. Oh. And um, so there's a, well, so there's a website in NEF USA org in eef um and there's a guide it's a guide to indigenous land acknowledgement and um there they have a whole thing but about steps to acknowledging traditional land um like if you're doing an event this is like if you were doing an event on a national public land um and it talks about like how to identify articulate and deliver so like step one is identifying the traditional inhabitants of the land that you're on. Um, so there's a link to a website that I'll talk about in a second called native-land.ca and you can identify the traditional stewards of your land. So like you identify that first and then this says a deeper step, identify native elders and culture bearers in your region to join a conversation about how they'd like to see this practice. Um, step two is articulate. Um, so acknowledging, like we acknowledge that we're on the traditional land of the blank people mm-hmm. um, or statements that specifically honor elders. I'd like to acknowledge that this meeting is being held on the traditional lands of the blank people and pay my respect to the elders. Just a couple of examples. And then step three is deliver. So once you've identified whom to name and pronounce your statement, offer your acknowledgement as the first element as a welcome to your event. So um, acknowledgement should be approached not as a set of obligatory words to rush through, but with respect, grounded in authentic reflection, presence, and awareness. 
Ah, um, presence and awareness, uh-huh. human beings. Uh-huh. So I went to native-land.ca and I looked up Brooklyn, North Hollywood, and Springfield. Ooh. So Spring- Springfield. <laughs> should I have said Alexandria? No, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know which is which. God, I'm already fucked up. It's no, um, no, no. no you're fine. I was just that's what my Google butt. map says. So Brooklyn, we are on the Muncie Lenape, but also Canarsie. Canarsie. Yeah, I didn't know until I looked at this Latin map. I just Canarsie is a place that you hear about all the time in mm-hmm. New York. I never knew that it was native land. Um, well, that that's what the actual name was. North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Chumash. Ch- Chumash. Tongva. And Fernand Fernandino. Tatavian. Fernandino Tatavian? That sound mm-hmm. that makes sense. Fernandino. Because Fernando. And like, yeah. And it's like if you look at the and like the Fernandino Valley, isn't that a thing? Yeah, San Fernando Valley. Is the well, if you look at the map, way. if you look at the map, it's like all the colors like overlap, obviously. You know, right. like everybody's right. not like this is a and, and Chumash then, is, I believe, it's, maybe it was renamed Yamaba, but I thought it was a casino. So, like, it's just, it's interesting. It's like the Canarsie thing, how, like, you think these aren't completely foreign-sounding things. Like, you yeah, hear them yeah, around. It, yeah. And then Alexandria and Springfield are the same place. Um, <laughs> Piscataway and Doeg. Piscataway? Yeah. Doeg, huh. Yeah. No Potomac. Interesting. I love it. I'm looking up Charlotte now. Yeah. I was going to guess Cherokee, but I don't know. Ch- Chirol, Cheryl, Manu, and Sugary. Mm, that's mm. Yeah. But I thought that was a good resource. Because this is all land that people actually lived on before the colonizers came. And we don't even, and 90% of those people died. So we don't even know. Like this exactly. is the, these are the names of the people who after the little ice age, like once all the reforestation, this is what, when they could be written in. We exactly. don't even know like exactly. before that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Nice. Nice and nicely done. Nice and nicely done. Real engine. Teeny Picks Bangers. Excellent. Yeah, highly recommend. Everyone should watch this. I do too. I think everyone should watch it and just open it. It's your American duty. It is. It is. And guess what? You know, we don't own the land. I mean, I mean, I sure shit don't own any land, but you don't really own anything. We own a house on this land where we are. Well, let's be nice. (laughs) <laughs> and you guys will profit from that at some point, but but the land belongs to the land. Yeah, like you know the whole thing about um, oh the the earth and the and like it, it's not us, like it's not the earth that's that's and like that is dying. It's earth gonna earth, like earth knows right. how to survive. Right, it's people, like earth is gonna earth. Right, it's gonna reforestation mm-hmm. itself. When when all the people are killed off because of the smallpox that we bring on our blankets, and then 
Earth gonna Earth. Earth gonna Earth. All right. So next week it's a choose your own adventure. Uh-oh. We can either do um a Christmas movie from 1940. Okay. Or we can do another movie that shouldn't I sh- shouldn't even have to like I should it, it it's easy to guess the runner one the last one they mentioned here no the fast runner no I'm sorry it would it would be oh. like teeny would know what it is well, it's from other- 2000 it's either a Christmas movie from 1940. Or a film that <laughs> probably should have been done this week from oh, 2000. That one. 2000. Oh, Best in Show. Okay. So, yeah, I just want to watch Best in Show. show. Okay. We're going to do Best in Show because. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Because it was just the National Dog Show that totally. I mean, dis- who's ever heard of the winner? I, I forgot to. <sighs> Streaming, I got so mad. I thought I was living my best digital life. I was watching it in the bathtub with a nice bubble bath on on Thanksgiving morning. It was great. And then all of a sudden it was I couldn't go back to it because the dog show had, it was over and it wouldn't keep where I had I gone. I was and like, what am I paying for, Peacock? What am I paying for? The cock. The cock fucked us. But Billingham <laughs> Terrier one, get out of here. Because I was looking. Wait, what? Boston's. I want to see the Terrier one. Yeah. Ooh, and the Boston didn't get any showtime. No showtime. No. I I did see it, but been past. Okay, but next week is I mean, true show. classic. Yeah. Yep. And then we will get into Christmas. And then we'll get Christmas. into Christmas. And um for a week and then Aaron will be back on the east coast oh I just canceled myself (laughs) doing finger guns yes you did and we will will all be together next thing you know she's got an NRA bumper sticker (gasps) never okay listeners we really behoove you to watch real r-e-e-l engine just you need to be aware you need to be aware and next week we're going to be best in show because we do love our doggies there will probably be tears (laughs) i'm just there from me i guarantee (laughs) there were tears this week when i thought about bringing out oh and that's just gonna be unbelievable (laughs) keep it together Aaron. keep it together Okay, listeners, thank you for being with us. We love you. Bye-bye.